Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Have you ever been bored in church? Do you find worship boring? Are you ever tempted to fall asleep? (laughs) Okay, don't raise your hand and do not ask my children. Perhaps the service was dragging, the sermon dull, or the music uninspiring. You looked at your watch and wondered, how much longer is this going to (laughs) last? Can I get an amen? Amen. If worship can be boring, does that mean that God is boring? No, nope, no. In worship, we must exude excitement. We have so much to rejoice about. We are called to praise our God who never bores us. Last Sunday, I preached about David's Psalms of Lament. David the least among his brothers, a shepherd boy, an outlaw, and a king suffered greatly during his life. David faced ridicule, dismissals, deaths of family and friends, and even threats on his life. In response, David sang to the Lord songs of lament and despair. David wrote, How long, O Lord, how long must I suffer? And let me be clear, David was not talking about worship at Burlingame. Yet David also knew great joy. In spite of his troubles, David knew that God had richly blessed him. David was an exceptional shepherd who killed bears and lions who attacked his flock of sheep. David was a gifted singer and harp player. David stood up to Goliath and killed him. With God's backing, David defeated the enemies of Israel. God chose David of all people to be king. As king, David made Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. David brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city. Best of all, in good times and bad, God was with David. Yes, David knew great joy. And in response to his joy, David wrote songs of praise. The songbook in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, is filled with rejoicing and praising God. In the middle book of the Bible, the word rejoice occurs 67 times. When King David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem for the first time, David danced before the Lord with all his might. David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with sound of the trumpet. David got so excited that he danced out of his clothes. Now that would not be boring. To praise means to express adoration. When we praise God, we give God credit for all the blessings in our lives. Over and over again, the Psalms say, praise the Lord. 
The word praise in Hebrew is hallelujah. Hallelujah. When reading Psalm 150 this week, and if you're listening from home, I encourage you to open your Bible and to read Psalm 150. I thought about the Hallelujah Chorus. George Handel composed his oratorio Messiah in 1740 in Ireland. The entire oratorio is a hymn of praise about Jesus Christ as Messiah. This piece of music includes the famous Hallelujah Chorus. The Messiah is a favorite of my family. My grandmother Langford went every December to Duke Chapel to hear the complete oratorio with the choir and full orchestra. It was long, but she never found it boring. My father absolutely loves the Messiah. Throughout December, my dad plays the Messiah nonstop in his car. He used to listen to the music on CDs. Today, he has a downloaded version on his phone. As a child, I was embarrassed when he would sing the Hallelujah Chorus and pretend to play the drums on the steering wheel as we drove around town. I know you can't see me, but just imagine a man singing at the top of his lungs while beating the steering wheel. The song filled my dad with joy. How many of us are that excited to praise God? How many of us sing hallelujahs as loud and often as we can? Music, dancing, praising, and rejoicing are themes throughout the Bible. Do you know the oldest song of praise in the Bible? In the book of Exodus, once the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea on dry land and had left slavery in Egypt behind them, Moses' sister Miriam picked up a tambourine and began to dance. All the women took tambourines and began to dance too. And Miriam sang to the Israelites, Sing to the Lord, for God has triumphed gloriously. Sing to the Lord, for God has triumphed gloriously. The New Testament book of Philippians implores us to, quote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And in Revelation, the final book of the Bible, all the angels and saints in heaven stand around the throne of God rejoicing. We are to rejoice and praise God. Psalms of praise tell us where and how and who should be praising. Where should we praise God? In this worship space and wherever else we are. We should praise God in worship, outside on walks or bike rides, at home alone or in a crowded park, in moments of quiet and celebration. We should praise God everywhere. How do we praise God? With everything we have, with our voices, our hands and fingers, our bodies, our very breaths. When we sing, clap, play instruments and dance, we give praise to God. And who should praise God? The birds, the animals, the flowers, the trees, the wind, all creatures everywhere, including you and me. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. We should all praise God everywhere, at all times, and with all we have. But why do we praise God? We praise God for God's mighty deeds and God's surpassing greatness. 
But how do we explain this why to others? What do we really mean when we say that God is great? Quite simply, when we praise God, we declare that our lives have profound and deep and joyful meaning thanks to God. We give thanks that God created all things and called them good. We give thanks that God created us in the image of God and called us very good. We give thanks that God sent Jesus Christ to teach and live among us. And we praise God for life abundant and life eternal. For these reasons, we praise God. Yet I wonder, does God need our praise? Is God asking for our celebration? Does God need us to rejoice on God's behalf? One author who contemplated this dilemma was C.S. Lewis. Lewis was an Oxford scholar who wrote children's books like The Chronicles of Narnia and gave weekly radio commentaries on the BBC. In Lewis's book, Reflections on the Psalms, Lewis pondered whether or not God needed our praise. Is God insecure? Does God need our approval? Lewis said, no, God does not need our approval. God does not need our praise. And yet people offer praise all the time. As Lewis observed, hikers praise the flowers and trees. Readers praise their favorite authors. Players and fans praise their favorite teams. People praise the weather, their children, mountains and waterfalls, rare stamps and rare beetles, colleges and countries. And when we praise things, we often invite others to agree with us. Isn't that lovely? Oh, that wasn't that glorious. Don't you think that was magnificent? Lewis concluded that the Psalms of praise in the Bible reflect our love of God. When we realize all that God has given us, when we comprehend how much God loves us, we spontaneously respond, praise God. And then we say to others, isn't God good? Isn't God great? God deserves our praise. God is worthy to be praised. So think about it. What in your life causes you to praise God? Family and friends, children or grandchildren, the beautiful mountains and beaches that surround us, the changing colors of the leaves and the onset of fall, the blessings of food, shelter, and clothing. The list can go on forever. What causes you to praise God? When we experience grace and joy in life, we're invited to point to God's hand at work and declare, praise the Lord. The book of Psalms ends with an invitation to everyone to praise God. Psalm 150 in the final chapter in the book of Psalms is an exclamation point to the entire book. Hear Psalm 50 in the message version of the Bible. Hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise with a blast on the trumpet. Praise by strumming soft strings. Praise him with castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. 
Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 150 reminds us that our prayers are always full of praise. Praise may not happen immediately. Praise does not negate or ignore pain, but our relationship with God is always reaching towards praise. We need only to look at Good Friday to understand the joy of Easter Sunday. If we persist in our prayer, we will surely end up at Psalm 150. In the days, weeks, months, and years to come, I invite you to look for the ways God is moving in this world. Look around you for the great things God is doing in your life and in the lives of people around you. As you spend time reading and resting, working in the yard and creating art, playing with children and listening to music, look for how God is in those activities. It takes practice. One must be alert and intentional, but look around because God is always here. When you see God at work, when you realize the gifts God has given you, then shout your praises. Sing and dance so that you draw closer to God and so that God's amazingness is then shared with others. God is not boring. This book, our Bible, full of stories and songs is not boring. Worship need not be boring. God is lively and for that we rejoice. Will you say with me, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen.